It's time for logistics made simple, and this is one of my favorite subjects. It's called the bullwhip effect. You might have heard about it. You definitely experienced it if you were anywhere close to a supermarket during COVID. The bullwhip effect gets its name from the behavior of a whip, where a small flick of the wrist will result eventually in a huge movement of the tip of the whip. And this name comes from how the different uh, storage levels are fluctuating in a supply chain. Do you remember during COVID when all the toilet paper vanished from the stores? This behavior was maybe not fully rational, so consumers got the idea that we need to stockpile toilet paper because it might run out. And what would happen then? We'd really need to have extra toilet paper. If there is a disaster and the world is coming to an end, that's what we need to stockpile. So, okay, everyone goes to the store and buys maybe twice the amount of toilet paper that they would normally buy. This is done in a very short time period. Now, what happens is that, of course, the stores run out of toilet paper. What then happens is that the store owners, they see that we need to be able to provide toilet paper to our customers. So they try to order toilet paper. Now, they order it way sooner than they would have under normal circumstances. They also maybe order more because they see that, wow, the sales of toilet paper are booming. Let's buy more of the stuff. So what they did was they, they increased their orders, maybe 30, 40, 50 percent. I don't know. They tried to get more of the stuff because they really saw a business opportunity for this. The intermediaries, the wholesalers, stockpiling toilet paper to send to stores, they saw this demand as well. But maybe after a few weeks. So let's say that the customers started stockpiling toilet paper on the 1st of March. The stores got wind of this, and one week after, March 7, they decided we need to buy more toilet paper. So in that week's orders, they increased the number of toilet paper packages they wanted to order. And the wholesalers, maybe one week after that, realized that, hey, we are going to run out of toilet paper because everyone is buying more than they should. They then, after three or four weeks, go to the factories manufacturing toilet paper saying, hey, you need to ramp up your production because we need more. Now, one month maybe after the customers have started stockpiling toilet paper, the factories gets this signal that, hey, we need to increase production. So they put another extra shift in production. They double their production capacity maybe to make sure that everyone gets the amount of toilet paper they need. The real demand was actually unchanged. It's a very predictable product, toilet paper. We know more or less exactly how much toilet paper each individual consumes over a period of time. So this maybe irrational urge to stockpile toilet paper in the beginning of COVID turned out that maybe a month later or even longer, you had huge fluctuations in the stock levels of wholesalers, production volumes of factories, 
and you ended up with shortages. And I don't know about you, but a year after COVID hit, there were still massive stockpiles of toilet paper in the large supermarkets. And with different brands, brands from other countries, they vacuumed the market to get more and more toilet paper. Looking back, if you look at the stock levels of the individual store, you can see that from a normal level, they went down to zero. People were stockpiling toilet paper. Okay, let's overcompensate. Let's buy more next time. And they had these fluctuations. If you multiply that with 200 more stores, each of these stores buying from the same wholesaler, you will see an accumulation of that increase in, in um, need for toilet paper. Add maybe one or two zeros to the stock level of the wholesaler, but with a delay of maybe one to two weeks. So after two weeks, the wholesaler runs out and the stock level goes down. They need to restock and they need to restock to make sure that they will never run out again. So they overcompensate and they buy more than they should. And the same goes for the next player and the next player, all the way down to maybe the raw material producer in the supply chain. But they might not notice this until maybe two months later. And then the crisis is over. We have enough toilet paper to last us two years in the garage. We will not buy toilet paper now for the next two years, even though everyone is stockpiling it. And that's the bullwhip effect. A very small flick of the wrist by the consumers will be overcompensated by the guys that are before them in the supply chain, and their overcompensation will be even further amplified to the level uh, closer to the raw material. So is this a law of nature? Does this always happen in supply chains? Well, of course not. There are ways to battle the bullwhip effect because it's an undesired effect. You don't really want to have these large fluctuations in supply chains. You want them to go in sync and you want them to really go in lockstep, each of these different actors. And what you do is, of course, you share information. If you share information, you know that the customers, even though they want to buy more toilet paper, if you can share information with the customers saying that there is no shortage of toilet paper, the factories are running smoothly, we have toilet paper that will last all through COVID and you don't really need to stockpile in your own garage. That might have mitigated this behavior. You also can share stock level information between different actors. So let's say you have a short increase in demand of toilet paper. Let's say that the factory, who were previously one month behind in this process, let's say that they have a direct connection to the stock levels of the individual stores in the system. They can see, okay, we have an unnatural consumption of toilet paper now, but we also see that we have enough accumulated stock levels downstream in the system, so we really do not need to ramp up production. And that goes for all the other actors in the system. If they share data between them, they can mitigate the negative effects of the bullwhip. This is very much harder than it looks. And this is at the core of when we talk about supply chain management, to really see the chain as one system, not a series of connected individual systems that only communicate with each other when they want to order something. If you really want to try this out, there is actually a game you can play to experience the bullwhip effect firsthand and how to mitigate it. It's called the beer supply chain simulation game. 
and it's developed for people to get an understanding of the boob whip effect and how it can be mitigated. Search for the beer simulation game. It has nothing to do with drinking beer, but it's a supply chain simulating the supply of beer to consumers from factories. It's well worth a try and you will experience the bullwhip effect firsthand. And as always, hit like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family that there is a channel producing logistics made simple videos. And please contact me if you have more suggestions on what I should focus on next.